Thank you for listening to the Made with Love experiment. My name is Nicole Snow, and I'm the founder and CEO of Darn Good Yarn. This podcast is a look into the lives of makers, women, and entrepreneurs as we dissect what it is that helps us curate life on our own terms. Creativity is not just for some crafting supplies and a pattern. I believe creativity can fuel you to live your best life. And yes, it's all an experiment. Join me as we dive into the world of these special individuals, and my hope is that you take some morsels of encouragement and empowerment so you can go and create your best life. Hey, everyone. It's Nicole. I'm the founder and CEO of DarnGoodYarn.com, and thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Made with Love Experiment. I am actually so stoked. I'm always stoked to have our guests, but this one in particular, um, Emily is joining us from Camden, Maine, and she has this amazing like my husband and I have been stalking you, Emily, um, which I know is kind of creepy because my husband actually found you first, but you have an amazing shop built around um, this concept and the name of it, uh, the, the name of your store and your Instagram handle is with love from Maine. And that's M A I N E. And I always tell people that because I lived in Maine and everyone would like, they always do M-A-I-N, and I'm like, oh, boy, that's right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, we're so happy to have you on the show with us. I'm super stoked. And um, what I'd like to do is just have you tell everyone a little bit about what you do and, like, your aesthetic, and let's just start, let's just start with who you are and, and where you are in the world. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, my so my name, name is, is Emily. Emily. New York, but moved up here about five years ago. Um, I was actually working as a bar manager and teaching cooking classes when I moved up here and really wasn't happy with either of the jobs. And a friend from childhood moved up and kind of encouraged me to check it out. And I came up to visit and two weeks later, I had moved up, Um, put in my notice, like right as I got back from Maine and was just like, you know what, if this doesn't work out, I'll be right back where I am. But uh, almost five years later now, it's definitely working out for me. Um, I got a job as a baker originally, and uh, geez, my first year, we actually, the restaurant underwent some remodeling. So they were closed for about a month, mm-hmm. and that's actually when I, my addiction with knitting started. Like, I knit throughout college. Um, I was unemployed uh, my freshman year during winter break, and so I taught myself how to knit then with, like, Lion Brand, super chunky yarn, and would just like knit scarves that eventually I got too lazy to turn into a full scarf. So I just sew it into a cowl. Um, and that was my MO for about probably four years. Um, and then I moved up to Maine. And again, like I said, I was fun employed and just decided that I was going to pick up knitting again. And that's when I started knitting hats. And it really just kind of exploded from there. Um, and that's when, like, if I was sitting down, I was knitting something, whether it was a hat or mittens or whatever um and two years ago this june i got married um well congratulations all this oh thank you yeah um yeah that's so part of the reason i moved up to maine i teased my husband uh he was my signing bonus i refused to (laughs) admit that i would move anywhere for a man we weren't dating i was like i'm i'm not moving anywhere for a man i'm a strong independent woman so i got a job up here and uh told him he was my signing bonus, basically. Um, And so we got married two years ago. Um, Right up in Maine, I kind of wanted to avoid the crazy New York wedding scene. Um, Uh And all of a sudden, after planning a wedding, I had all this free time on my hands. So I started knitting and knitting, and it was more than I could ever hold on to. And I kind of just decided to launch a shop. 
Um, so probably three months after our wedding, I think I, you know, off of my blog, just put up about 15 different pieces, hats, cowls, stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. and started my Instagram probably two weeks before I launched the shop to sort of, you know, put up teasers and stuff. And I mean, it's been awesome. It's, <laughs> I, it's taken off more than I ever thought it would. Um, and it's really kind of given me a fun outlet to find my voice, which I never really had before. So that's, I mean, that's, that's so, that's so cool. Now my, <laughs> I was telling you before the call that I had a really funny interaction because Camden, Maine, if, if you, if, if, our, if you're listening and you've never been there, it's beautiful. Like it, you picked one of the prettiest spots. I mean, all of them. I, yeah, I really did. Um, and like I, the town I grew up in, in New York, it's a beautiful little like Harbor town as well, but I just, you have mountains, you have the ocean, you have lakes, you know, it's just, I mean, I, the first four years I lived here, my backyard was a mountain and you can't really beat that. So. No, no, you can't, you can't, you know what, I think you should tell people because before we hopped on the call too, so we have kind of two stories. One I'm going to tie back to me, but I'm going to hold off on that one. But the other is that your phone number I noticed was really similar to Carrie's phone number who's been working here for a few years now. Um, and you need, like, I love how small our universes are. Please tell us the story because it's so freaking weird. Yeah. So I had just finished my first collaboration where I did the double rim hat and I was meeting with uh, Shelby, who was the pattern coordinator at that mm-hmm. time, and Carrie. And all of a sudden I was getting a phone call at the like exact time of the interview or meeting rather. Uh-huh. And it was a 631 number. And I was like, okay, like this is weird, but maybe it's the right number. So I picked up and almost immediately Carrie was like, so where on Long Island are you from? And it turns out that she went to high school at the same school that my mom taught at and actually had one of my mom's best friends as a teacher for multiple classes. Um, That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, super small world. I actually got dinner with her, uh, my mom's friend, um, in December when I was home for Christmas. And I was like, just, I met Carrie O'Brien. And her face lit up. It was like, <laughs> just these worlds exploding. And she was just like, Oh my goodness, that's amazing. So it was, it was really funny because my mom couldn't remember Carrie's name at all. So she's like, Oh, Emily met one of your students somehow. <laughs> that's so I, I wish, I wish I got some like dirt though on Carrie, like Carrie, like, you know, was a really bad student or something just so we can sort of like, I don't think, <laughs> yeah, I think from the joy that Mary Pat or Mrs. Grafstein had on her face, like you could tell Carrie was one of the good ones. So. <laughs> and she was yeah, a business teacher too. So it, it kind of feeds into her role now. Now. Yeah. Our, uh, Carrie is, uh, it's, it's hard, it's hard to get any dirt on Carrie. She's, she's kind of, she's one of the best. She's one of the best. So I'll tell you something. When So I lived in Maine. I lived in Sebec for, um, a little over three years, which is like an hour North of Bangor. So I was up there. Oh, up there. I, and you know, it's funny. I didn't put it together before we started this, like, are doing uh, recording this podcast but i had pitched um at a like it was an entrepreneurial thing in camden um and i got shot down like hardcore and i just found like my pitch sheet that i had back when i lived there and it was just like it was just so funny like you know it was like one of those like i gotta know and i was like i'm gonna show these guys what's going on and like i said like i just went back to my house in maine and i just ticky tacked away and it's kind of really funny like when life sort of serves you that and you're like whatever i'm just gonna do what i want anyway that's really yeah. the whole point of this show <laughs> yeah exactly just so like no i'm 
I'm still going to do it. You don't have to say I'm like, okay, but it's going to happen. <laughs> so I want to, you know, we, we're talking about the whole concept of, of, you know, doing this sort of podcast. And really, I want to create a platform for, for people like you to tell us, you know, how do you um, really create your life because you know you have like you know you look on instagram and it's like it's beautiful and i i am just in love with like all of your patterns and the way you actually frame up um all of your pictures and things like this i think i think that's so pretty um but in crafting this great life you know i know you have a day job as well but what does it mean to you to have and craft up a great life i mean I think in all aspects of my life, I try to be a pretty positive person, which mm -hmm. doesn't mean I don't recognize that there are bad days, but more that you hit a road bump and it's a bump in the road. It's not a sinkhole that you're never going to come out of. And I kind of tackle that approach in most of the aspects of my life. Um, so I work in healthcare now and I've mm -hmm. been in my job for about three years. And it's one of those things that Offices are kind of like high school a little bit, like you, there are cliques and there are catty people and there are also these really fun, quirky people that back in high school, they were the nerds, you know, like they were the kids that didn't have dates, which I, that was me to a T, you know, like I just, but. I hear you, boo. I didn't have my first date until my husband asked me out on a date. Um, <laughs> like this was like our, that was our first date, like when we started, so I get it. And that was college, yeah. so. Yeah, And that's, but because of that, and most of my friends were this way, and I think it was, I mean, a lot of it was that we were too busy. Like, I did sports, I was in clubs, I did theater, I basically stopped to eat, and that was about all of my downtime. Mm -hmm. um, but I've ended up surrounding myself at my day job with people that are very similar, people that are very motivated and driven, but also super quirky. And there are some folks that were on different teams and I really emulated them and kind of put it out there like, you know, it would be really great to be able to work with that person. And as it, my job progressed, it's actually happened that almost every single time that I've put something that's a positive thought out there, it's ended up coming into fruition. And that's really carried over as well into my Instagram shop and knitting and all of that. Um, and because of it, I've met some amazing yarn dyers. I have a friend up here who actually shears sheep herself, um, sends it to a mill and then dyes it. And oh, like, wow. it's to the point, I don't know if you've ever seen Portlandia, uh, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, the chicken episode where they're like, oh, yeah, I do, I do. that's yes. what I feel like when I'm knitting with her yarn, where it's like, I could go meet Steve the sheep. And so, I yeah, love that. So, so if anyone has not watched Portlandia, um, well, one, <laughs> it's the best drinking show to ever watch. It's like with Fred Armisen and uh, Carrie Bradshaw. No, not Carrie Bradshaw. That's from Sex and the City. Um, um, it'll come, one of us will look it up real quick. But Portlandia, it's it's kind of like a spoof on all of sort of like the hipster, the hipster movement. And one yeah. of the first episodes is... Um, you know, you have like a farm to table sort of idea where like, oh, this lettuce comes from this farm. And that's really great. Well, like this one, it's a little bit of skit comedy. Um, and it, um, and it, it's this couple, they go out to eat and they're like, well, is this, you know, what's the name of this chicken? And they, they go through all the, well, like, what kind of like, you know, the water and did it get a proper massage and all of this? And it gets into this, like, it's completely in depth. So it's complete, and it's one of the fun. I think it's one of the funniest things on on TV. It's, I mean, um, I love it. 
But so So you can pretty oh, much sorry, like, I'm sorry, you can pretty much name the sheep that's associated with the yarn. It sounds like exactly. that is pretty much what my friend can do. She could be like, Oh yeah, did you know that it was also used to make this like their milk was used to make this type of cheese over here and it's it's kinda cool that moving from a place that's so huge. I mean yes. I grew up in Suffolk County on Long Island, which has over three million people on it now. The entire population of the state of Maine is half of that. And <laughs> it took me moving away. And I did. I had an amazing community around me back on Long Island. But it took me moving away from this really crowded place that didn't make me happy to a place that has space and has amazing creative people, specifically women, that I've just been able to connect with. And it still kind of baffles my mind. Like, you know, I, I think, geez, it must have been four or five years ago before I moved to Maine, I actually purchased some sort of yarn from Darn Good Yarn right as you were starting up. And it was like a fun, like, oh, this is awesome. They have a really great mission. And I never really anticipated working with you all to develop patterns. And suddenly I'd started this Instagram shop and sort of started dipping my toes into the knitting community more. And you were actually, I mean, I think within four months of starting my shop, you had reached out to me to collaborate. And I think just sort of carrying that mentality of like, things will work out. Like, you know, you hit a road bump, but you keep moving. And that makes a huge difference, having that sort of positive outlook on things. Well, I think it's too, I think it's like a collaborative um, thought too, because I think back to how, I, it was my husband that found you, because we were, I remember we were like sitting in bed one night and it was, um, I think it was a yarn bowl photo, if I, if I remember yep. correctly. And he was like, dude, this chick is in Maine. Like, look at the quality of this photo. But you had tagged us. And so, like, when you talk about positivity, I think there's also this, you know, because I'm, that's actually one of our core values here at Darn Good Yarn is this operation of, like, attracting positivity. Um, I think, you know, part of that ethos and, and how you act, though, is almost paying it forward. Like, you didn't have to hashtag us, right? Like, yeah. no reason to. We're a business. Like, you you had, you know, why clutter up, you know, what you're doing? But you took the time to do that. So in that positivity, I think there's also this wanting to make connections. And that actually, like, amplifies that positivity thing. Because it can sound a little, like, woo-woo weird. I, I think it's something <laughs> like, how it's in your eyes. But I'm, I'm really with you. Like, I, my husband says I have the weirdest luck. But I'm like... Yeah, but I kind of just say yes to everything, and so you know, I'm ba- I, I, I'm, I'm up at bat a little bit more. I think exactly. Yeah, and that's. I mean, I think that's what's so great about Instagram is that it is really easy to connect with people. Like, I honestly, I think I got that yarn bolt because of a Facebook app. And like, I know Facebook is the creepy hive mind, but I have gotten a lot of really great things because they're terrifying and they know my style. And that's how I got my wooden yarn bolt. <laughs> uh, it was like an ad that popped up and I was like, that's beautiful and hand carved. Okay. And I think I'd actually done like a, a little video blurb before I even started my shop about why I love my yarn bowl. And it's, I mean, it's embarrassing how much that travels with me. Um, it's like my go-to yarn bowl. Um, it's durable. It's lightweight. It's the perfect size. Um, which, you know, as a little spiel, I guess. <laughs> but, Thank you. Yeah, no, um, that's totally not necessary, but thank you so much. <laughs> So tell me when um, you're like, being up in Maine though, I, I, so I was in like the woods, like I had five yeah. people and a chicken that lived in my town. Everyone in Quebec is like booing me at this point, but, um, you know, how, how are you, 
actively going out and making connections. And I think the second part of that is because you're working a day job, like how are you leveraging and, and sort of finding balance between making connections in the knitting community and then also working and then being a wife and like you have a new dog as well, right? Who you just adopted yeah. um, a couple of months ago, right? Yeah, we adopted him back in August. Um, he was a rescue from a kill shelter down in Georgia. Um, and he is just the biggest mush. Um, if I knit something, he wants to snuggle it because it smells like me. Oh. Uh, to the point, like, I just finished up a blanket for my brother-in-law's sister. And I, if he could have fought me for it, he probably would have. Oh. Um, yeah. But I think to get to your question, honestly, my day job is really analytical. It's um, accounts receivable management. It's not a glorious job, but it pays the bills and gives my husband and I health insurance because he's a chef. And it is, I mean, again, it's a great company. I love working for them. Um, never where I thought I would be. But because it's so analytical, knitting and photography and writing really kind of don't have an outlet there. And that's kind of where this has come into play. It's sort of my stress relief. It's what I do after a long day or even in meetings sometimes. You know, if I know it's going to be a meeting where I don't have to be super engaged, I'll knit and I'll actually retain things better because I'm not fussing on my computer or mm -hmm. trying to send out an email. Um, and that, I mean, it kind of goes hand in hand. You know, I have that analytical side and it helps to boost my creativity because I'm more motivated. So... Yeah, I I find that too. Like if I start knitting, if I'm like really deep in something, I totally retain it like way better. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So in, in like, you know, with all of that then too, because the knitting scene is really strong down on the coast. Um, yeah. Like how are you, how are you drawing connections um, or, and are you drawing connections from that community? I definitely have. Um, there's another local yarn dyer who I, saw at the grocery store one day and was like, this is really creepy. But I sent her an Instagram message later that day being like, I recognize you from your sweater. And she's like, I've been following you for a while. Come to my studio. Let's hang out. Oh and my God. she helped to start this knit night on Thursdays at a local brewery. Um, and it's a husband and wife that just started this brewery about eight months ago. And it's, I mean, I don't leave that night without a smile on my face. You know, it's just these women that are supportive and strong and wonderful. There are two badass jewelers. There's um, a professional knitting pattern writer. There's a professional yarn dyer. But then there's, like, all of these creative women. One woman has a, like, uh, massage therapy business that she also does her art on the side. And her first project in knitting was Caitlin Hunter's Sunset Highway sweater. Wow. Like, just, just knit a <laughs> fingering weight sweater which took me almost 10 years of knitting to do. Um, yeah. But it it's just astounding what happens when people have the support that they need. Like she, I remember one night I showed up and she had made a mistake on the color work in the yoke. And Rachel, who she runs on the round based in Rockport and was knitting back the sweater for her so that she could fix it so that our friend Crystal could keep going. You know, like there's just this supportive wow. community that, wants to see everybody else succeed. And I, it's, I mean, thankfully I have had that in my life, but it's, it's so refreshing to have that group around you, you know? Yeah. That's, that's just so cool. How did, like, how did you find out about the group? Did you just sort of stumble into it or? Um, um, Rachel, who dies yard. Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. 
No, no, I was just saying we get a lot of questions um, on where people can find really great groups. Like how did you, how did you stumble into this group? Um, this one was word of mouth. Uh, so again, the friend who dyes yarn that I told you about, just yeah. kind of, I mean, she'd been harassing me for months. She's like, come on Thursdays, come on Thursdays. Got it. It's great. And finally, my husband uh, started a new job where he switched to cooking on nights. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to go. And like instantly clicked, felt at home. It's this super cute little cozy brewery. And I actually, I was chatting with the wife of the owners and like, she was telling me their story. She was a former art professor. And I think when you just ask people about themselves and you're genuinely interested, it mm -hmm. makes it that much easier to make connections. Yeah, absolutely. So you said your husband cooked and it brings me to, um, you actually interned, um, and this will for any, anyone who's cooking out there while they're listening. Cause I know there's a couple of you who like to cook and listen to our podcast. So shout out, but, um, you were an intern at America's test kitchen, which sounds crazy <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Please tell me you get a free subscription to those insanely expensive, um, uh, publications. You don't, uh, we got a few cookbooks. Uh, that was like our consolation prize at the end. Um, but I mean, it was an amazing experience. I met some really great people. I learned a lot. And actually one of my best friends uh, came from that internship. So, you know, it may not have been like, there were good aspects and bad aspects. And it was, again, an experience that I could never have imagined getting. But it again, like how I went to the career fair when I was in culinary school and started chatting with the woman who was running the America's Test Kitchen booth, kind of knew what it was, but not really. Mm -hmm. and had applied, I think, the next day, and she called me like an hour after I had sent in my application to be like, so do you want to join and be an intern this summer? Um, and it, I mean, I was going to school in Providence. It's based in Boston, so I moved in with my sister for the summer and interned, and I was, I was 21, so I was like ready to go out and party, but also like still made it to work at 7 a.m. for the photo shoot. <laughs> it was... It was a crazy summer, but it was it was a lot of fun. And I actually got to go up uh, to Vermont where they filmed one of their TV shows and worked as a kitchen assistant there for a while. Oh, my God. That sounds so fun. So I have to ask you this. What is the worst thing you've ever made? Uh, um, <laughs> before I went to culinary school, I was dating. Uh, he was my college boyfriend. And he was going to law school down in Miami. So I went to visit him. I think it was the first time I had visited him. And it was this, like, in my mind, this, like, wonderful, we're playing house moment. So I was like, I'm going to make him dinner. And I did, it was like, I bought, I think it was chicken tenders, like, not breaded, just, like, straight chicken. Yeah. And I tried to do some sort of, like, balsamic chicken, but it was just all sorts of wrong to the point where, like, both of us took two bites and it was like, can't eat this. Like, at least it was cooked through, but it was inedible. And I think that's far and away the worst thing I've ever made. <laughs> <laughs> a nice kitchen disaster. Yeah, you know, oh, it was it was bad. My wor my worst cooking was that it, it involved um, chicken as well. I was cooking for Mike. We we just got married, and I made I remember pounding out chicken to flatten it, and then like doing some kind of roll thing. And it's it's still embarrassing to think about to this day. I'm like, oh my god, Nicole. Okay, <laughs> leave the professional stuff to the professionals, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't even I actually tend to shy away from chicken breast because we don't have like a meat hammer and I just I'm too lazy to wait for it to cook all the way through <laughs> so. <laughs> so let's talk about like a little bit about your patterns here um 
you know, for the, for, for people, because, you know, people are listening, if they don't happen to hop on immediately, like talk to me a little bit about your aesthetic and maybe like a project right now that you're working on that you're excited about, or you just wrapped up. Yeah. Um, I tend to go for more classic knits. Like if I could knit stockinette stitch all day, I probably would. Um, it's just kind of this comforting, soothing texture to me. And I know a lot of that comes from the fact that when you're knitting in the round and you're knitting stockinette, it's knit stitch for days, but it yeah. still produces this really beautiful classic design. Um, also, that stems from the fact that I am not really a fan of having to pay attention to what I'm knitting. Um, so lace work and cables tend to be the projects that take me for forever, but I can knit a raglan sweater. Like I knit four raglan sweaters for my nieces and nephews this Christmas and uh, did duplicate stitch letters to make them Weasley sweaters from Harry Potter. Damn um, girl, that's talented. It was it was a struggle uh, to get them done in time. Thankfully, we didn't do Christmas until the weekend after. So I had it done and it was probably one of the most gratifying things ever. My They like, one nephew, he had asked over the summer while I was knitting a sweater. I think they like saw how much effort it took and it kind of made them realize how much I cared to make them a sweater. They That's lost cool. it. They wore them all day. His, he came up to me, my nephew came up to me and was like, I really like my sweater, but it's really hot, but I don't want to take it off. And I was like, here, bud, I'll roll your sleeves up for you. But it was just <laughs> like, yeah, you guys, you kids are knit worthy. Like, so, um, but I think I try to make things that are functional and kind of more classic. Um, I tend to, I mean, I'm not the type of person that knits only with neutrals. I definitely have some brighter colors that jump out there, but I just tend to try and make things cozy. And yeah. that's, I like to think that comes out. I don't know if that does, but no, it it totally it totally does. And, and if anyone is interested, you can go to Instagram.com slash um, with love from Maine, and if you scroll down, you'll see the sweaters that you're talking about because oh they're, yeah, they're freaking awesome. I'm stalking you while we're like we're doing this. Um, yeah, I had there's I had, actually a video on my private account of them opening the sweaters, oh, and it's, it's hilarious. That's that's real. That's really sweet. I um I had a laugh at the beginning of the show when you said like yeah I would make I would attempt to go make chunky scarves and then you know I could kind of board and sew them up as cowls. I'm like oh god I still do that. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean I definitely still do. That's why I don't knit scarves because I'm way too impatient for it. And like the back and forth and turning of the piece over like that's I tend to knit things in the round as much as humanly possible. Um, yeah. I don't know if you follow Olive Knits on Instagram, but she just released a book that's 20 seamless sweater patterns. And I've never been like, I need that more than any wow. other book. Oh, I yeah. have to, I totally have to check that out. Yeah. I have to like, I, I so want to knit more. And then sometimes like my days just get too gnarly. But I think about when I first started knitting, I never heard the word cowl before. And now as you're, as we're talking about this, I think, I wonder if cowls were invented by like lazy ass knitters like me. Oh, wow. <laughs> we're just like, yeah, it'll go around a neck. Good enough. <laughs> Sew it up. Yeah, where they were like, meh. Like they couldn't even make a full word for it. They were like, yeah, cowl. That sounds good enough. Like that's what we'll call it. <laughs> and I used to hate, when I first started knitting, I hated the word cowl. I thought it just sounded like, cowl. Yep. <laughs> Can we come yeah, up with Yeah, it sounds like a bad guy. It does. It does. <laughs> this is this has been really fun. I always, you know, is there anything else like that that you're thinking about that you you definitely want to share with the universe? Like any um 
any like really big projects like with your business or anything that you want to like tell anyone about? Um, not off the top of my head. I've been fussing with natural dyeing lately and it's kind oh. of turning into an obsession. Um, so I bought some bear yarn just for the heck of it. And we had a snowstorm a few weeks back and, or I guess about a month and a half ago now. And yeah. I had some turmeric in my shelves. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to dye yarn with turmeric. And it was like this ray of sunshine on this huge snowy, well, this winter, I don't know if it's been the same in Albany, but every snowstorm we've gotten has turned into rain and ice uh-huh. at the end. Yes. Yeah, it's been the worst winter ever. <laughs> yeah. So it was that like rainy, icy crap. And I, it was just this like really fun kind of ray of sunshine. So I've been playing around more. Um, and I did black beans and beets the other week and then tried uh, coffee and matter root and elderberries and beets this week. And I'm just, I'm addicted. Um, um, that's so cool. if you don't hear from me in a while, it's because I've drowned in yarn that I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's really cool. And you have some amazing farms up there as well. Like the organic oh, movement yeah. is just so alive and well. There's one farm they're over in Dover Foxcroft. If you ever want to like check them out, they're called Ripley farms. Oh my God. Okay. I love them so much. I miss them. Um, not that they're listening, but if they are, I, I miss you guys so much. <laughs> the food. But yeah, like I think about like, th- there's so much cool bounty in the state and um, it's so cool that you're getting to like kind of play with that a little bit. It blows my mind. Like I remember before I moved to Maine, I was like, Oh, it's Maine. It's cold. It's, you know, like nothing cool happens. And now I like, I'm basically a walking, talking ad for the state. I'm like, it's beautiful. It's not too hot in the summers. It's not buggy. Winters are snowy. And I, I sound like an ad and I embrace it because there's so much amazing stuff going on up here that I don't think I ever would have been exposed to if I had stayed in New York. Yeah. And there are so many people to meet and people that are excited to meet you. And I think there, it's just like a different way of living that I really love. It is. It's funny after living there and now coming back to New York for my husband's job, like I find myself just as like I, I became more rugged as a result. Like I, I'm, I'm yeah. thinking, like even this morning, um, we were it snowed this morning and we got a ton of ice. Uh, it, like it finished just like what you're saying. Like it finishes off with this nice coating of frozen ice, like rain. So you get this like inch thick crust that's impossible to snow blow. So I went yeah. out one, one o'clock in the morning to beat the rain. So I'm out and like, like, you know, like I'm from New Jersey originally, like I'm down, I'm down from by like the coast by sea, the seaside area. So like, so not a part of who I was growing up. And like, I'm out there like, I don't give a damn. I'm going to make this happen. And like, it is, it's, it's sort of like that, that sort of old school Yankee hardcore attitude. And then like, you and you know, I'm gardening and this is not stuff that a Jersey girl typically does, at least not from my area. And like, and that's kind of, yeah, that's how I feel too. Like I'm, I'm chomping at the bit. This is our first year with a lawn that I can have a garden. And I, I mean, I'll probably kill everything. The only thing that has survived no. so far are three succulents and an English ivy plant. But I'm like going to buy like thousands of gardening books and just go nuts. And I talked to some friends back in New York and they're like, uh, what are you you're doing that? And I'm like, yeah, I want to start making my own clothes. And they're like, why? You can just go buy it. I'm like, but I know where it's coming from if I do it. And yeah. I think it, there's just more of an awareness and it's going to sound kind of hippy dippy, but there's more of a connection with nature when you're faced with the elements in the way that we are. Yeah. Which is cool. 
And I'm telling you, if you ever do leave Maine, like it always stays with you. Like I, that's what, that's what I experience all the time. So. I don't think I can leave Maine without getting a divorce. I'm pretty sure (laughs) he's like, if we had a prenup, the one clause would be, we're not leaving Maine. (laughs) My, My husband would actually agree with that too. He misses Maine every single day and I do hear about it, but I'm like, we have this business thingy and I have a lease in my building and we're here. (laughs) Yeah. Secondary is a good space to be. I've got my brother and sister-in-law live there and I have a few friends in the area. So, and they all have my hats now at this point. So I'm, I'm taking over in the capital. All right. I like it. (laughs) Well, this has been, this has been so much fun. I, you know, I always love to end every single uh, show with, um, what's the best advice you've ever been given either professionally or personally? Um, so this was actually given to me uh, probably a week ago from one of my coworkers. I was grumbling about something that was frustrating me and somebody in particular. And she looked at me and she said, and I'm sorry if this isn't appropriate, but she said, don't let that turd dull your shine. And <laughs> no, it's completely ridiculous as it sounds, the sentiment behind it is true. Like, don't let the people that frustrate you take up that much space in your mind. Like, focus on the things that inspire you and make you want to create and the people that lift you up and are healthy for you to be around and that I think that realization in my adult life quote unquote um, has been huge it's I mean it just makes me more energetic and I have more focus and more creativity because instead of focusing on things that frustrate me and bring me down I focus on things that inspire me and make me want to make more yeah that's that's it's fantastic advice because that, that rent in your brain is very expensive. Isn't that, is that event or person really worth the rent they're paying? Cause they, it's probably not. Exactly. Yeah. Usually not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would say so. Well, this has been so much fun. Um, we're going to post all of your handles. So if you go to the show notes for all of our listeners, um, just go and check them out with love from Maine um, is your handle. And then you can, from there on Instagram, you can click through to like your Etsy store and everything like that. Um, but if you do want to get a little dose of inspiration, uh, this is, this is one of my favorite Instagrams to follow uh, personally as well. So um, yeah, this has been so fun. I really appreciate it. And um, y'all come, come back for another, uh, another episode with us. This has been a lot of fun. Talk to you soon.